Greetings, Liberty. It's good to have the privilege of being able to do the Sunday evening preach again. And uh, the thing I want to look at this evening is a prayer. And I'm hoping that it will be a model for our praying. So first, let's begin by praying. Father, we ask you please to send upon us your Holy Spirit wherever we are, so that that which you want to say to us, we may hear and recognize to be your authentic voice to us. And then please grant us the fullness of the Holy Spirit in order that having heard, we may obey in love and in response to your grace. Amen. I have found that uh, liberty is very much a fellowship of prayer. The needs of various members of liberty are always up there in a text on my phone, followed by commitments to pray and little praying hands uh, showing that we are taking one another seriously. The prayer I want to look at, however, is not a prayer about individuals. It's a prayer about a congregation. A congregation just as real as liberty, seeking to go forward in the teaching of the apostles with a real care and concern for one another, breaking of bread and prayers. It's Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. And I continue right now. I'm not going to finish this in the allotted time. I've got Justine sitting right opposite me here. And I'm asking her, when we've reached the half hour, please to wave wildly to indicate that I need now to come to an end. One of the astonishing things about this prayer of Paul for the congregation at Colossae is that he was praying for a church that he'd never seen. As far as we know, Paul had never been to Colossae. The Colossian church was the result of the witness of somebody who had met Paul in Ephesus and had gone home with the message of the gospel, a man called Epaphras. But this is what uh, Paul has to say. Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. Well, at that point, I found myself uh, pausing. I have not stopped praying. I find sometimes that my prayer life is, is remarkably shallow. It's a great contrast to, to Paul, who had not stopped praying. And I, I've been asking myself too, yes, I pray for individuals, but do I pray for liberty? 
as a congregation. I pray for the leadership. I pray for God's vision for liberty to be shown to us. And I pray for the way forward. I pray for what the shape of liberty is going to be. This whole COVID season has put us in new places. There's a, a, a statement made by Jesus, you will remember, about new wine. New wine must be poured into new wineskins. And then he goes on and adds, no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for he says, the old is better. And I fear that there may be some in liberty who are feeling just that. It was so much easier when we could all go on a Sunday evening to the refinery and there was a kind of set pattern that we went through. And now everything seems to be so uncertain. Um, the old was better. I think Jesus' statement is one which is suggesting that we really do need to think in a new way, to use new maps. The old maps are out of date. They no longer function effectively. But what are the new maps? What is the new way forward? And are we prepared to accept it? Or are we going to throw up our hands in horror and say, oh, this is not the way we experience church. This is not the way we want it. We want it differently. We want it the way it used to be. You know, God is the living God. He doesn't stay in one place. He doesn't do the same thing every time. He moves forward. And one of the things about congregations, about fellowships, is that they have a context. Um, the fellowship about whom Paul is praying was in a town called Colossae, which was at the head of the Lycus Valley. That was its context. We're in the Helderberg, and we're not alone in the Helderberg. There are other congregations, there are other fellowships, there are other people who are committed to the Lord Jesus Christ who are also crying out to the Spirit to show them what God's mind is. And we need to be one of them in this specific place. So, Paul says, we haven't stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. To be filled with the knowledge of his will for liberty in the context in which we find ourselves. covid Helderberg, scattered and only on very rare occasion able to come together except in small groups. But you know, God can do that, use that. God is perfectly capable of taking hold of small groups and of transforming a whole situation. If only we knew what was in his mind. And so again, I ask for prayer. 
I asked for prayer for leadership. I asked for prayer for the ordinary members of liberty to be praying that we may know what God wants of us at this particular time. Not necessarily to leave it to, to Glenn and the gang, but to make your own contribution. To be able to get onto your phones and, and talk about things one with another and then pass it on. We are looking at this time in liberty for the exercise of gifts. And one of the gifts, which may be something that you have to offer, is, is the gift to see something that the rest of us have, haven't seen. Um, the prayer is that they may know the will of God through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Now, spiritual wisdom and understanding is not the same thing as common sense. Um, far be it from me to decry common sense. I find it very irritating when people make decisions that are, are frankly stupid and can be seen to be stupid right from the start. But common sense is based on human experience and human logic and human expectation. Spiritual wisdom and understanding has to do with the Holy Spirit. There's one theologian who wrote some years ago that whenever you come across the word spirit or spiritual in any of Paul's letters, you should make sure that it has a capital S because it's almost always referring in some way or another to the working of the Holy Spirit. We need to have the Holy Spirit's wisdom and understanding. We need to know what is in the mind of God. And we can only know what is in the mind of God through the operation of the Holy Spirit, through his word, primarily, but also through our fellowship with one another, through prayerfulness and thoughtfulness, through comparison of ideas, to begin to move forward and find what the mind of God is for the fellowship of which we're all part. It's, it's a question of learning to listen. Listen when you read the scriptures. Listen when you're in a group, such as I hope you will be very shortly, discussing together what has been said. Listen for the, word, for the voice of the Spirit. And then be ready in love and response to, con to conform yourself to what you are hearing. Test it out with one another. I seem to be getting this vision. Is there anybody else here who, who can confirm that? Whom that seems to be right? We're all seeking to know what the mind of God is for ourselves, for our homes, for our work situation, for liberty. And when the people of God seek, and remember the people of God are the family of God too, he is our Father, then the Father will speak. He doesn't ask us to grope around in the dark, hoping that we come up with a good idea. It's more than a good idea. 
is a communication by the Spirit of what is in the mind of God, and we need to pray for it. To be filled with the knowledge of His will, to be filled with a thinking which is directed by His Holy Spirit. Let's pray for the Spirit. Let's learn to think in the Spirit. We're told that we need to, need to walk in the Spirit. It's actually very difficult to walk in the Spirit unless you're thinking in the Spirit. What is God saying? What is God requiring of me? How much of my mind is taken up with sheer meaningless nonsense? And how much is really trying to to see the beauty of the Lord, the glory of the Lord, the plan and future that he intends. Why are we praying this? Verse 10, and we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way. God looks at us with pleasure. Do you believe that? God delights in his people. <coughs> we may not always delight at ourselves. We, we know our own weaknesses. But the Father sees us as we are in the Son. And if that is the case, if I am reflecting the loveliness of the sun, the glory of the sun to him, then I need to know which way to walk. I need to develop within myself a deep longing to hear that well done, good and faithful servant. I need to ask the Spirit for a heart that is ready ready to do whatever he wants me to do. And that's what we need for liberty. That we become a people who in our fellowship together are listening and are wanting to be ready when God says something and to do something. To be prepared, whatever the cost might be, to be in the right place at the right time, doing and saying the right thing. And in that context, right is what is in the mind of God. And again, we don't know what is in the mind of God unless we are open to the communication of the Holy Spirit. A call to prayer. We need to be prayerful and open and say, Lord, show me. Lord, show me how to communicate this to the rest of the fellowship. I'm part of a fellowship. I'm not somebody doing my, my thing on my own. There is a fellowship here. And I need to be able to, to compare what I believe you are saying to me to what you are saying to, to other people, so that we may know the will of God for liberty. God is a living God. He's alive. He never does anything for nothing. He brought liberty into being. He brought liberty into being in the Hildeberg 
at this time. He knew all about COVID long before any virus emerged in Wuhan. He knew that this was going to be the context of our worship and of our work and of our witness. And in it all is his purpose. God is never taken by surprise. God never says, oh my goodness, I didn't know that was going to happen. I'm going to have to adapt a little thing, twiddle here, twiddle there. Not at all. God has it totally in control. And what he's saying here is that uh, we might live a life worthy of the Lord, may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work. What is fruit? What is it that we're expecting God to bear in liberty? Well, there's, there's fruit in, in my own personal involvement in liberty. I don't want to stress this too much because it's liberty I want to focus on. But part of the fruit that liberty has borne is the effect it has had on me. The change it, it, the Spirit has been able to effect in my own life through my involvement with you all. That's part of the fruit. And I, but I can't ever leave it there. Even the changes that God makes in each one of us is for a purpose. God is always moving us forward, looking ahead. It isn't that I may be changed so that I can sit right where I am and do nothing. He's a living God and he wants to be involved with a living fellowship of living brothers and sisters in a living situation. But fruit also, we find, is seen in terms of, of people being saved and of people being made holy. The uh, key terms for this, for the theologians, is justification and sanctification. Are people being born again as a result of the witness and activity of members of liberty? How many new people are you aware of in liberty who Yesterday walked in darkness, but today walk in light because of the witness of liberty. I'm burdened by that question because I don't see many new faces very often. Mind you, one doesn't see any faces very often these days, but, but I think you know what I'm talking about. That, well, that's a, that was a good image. The Bible talks about being in darkness and then becoming light. It talks about we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But now God has raised us to life in Christ. That's what God is doing. But God uses his people for that purpose. And it's one of the purposes of liberty to touch dead people 
full of dead wicks. I mean, they don't look dead. They're all rushing around all over the place. But you remember what Hebrew says? It said their activity is dead wicks. And to allow God to raise them to new life in Jesus. I want to see more and more of that in, in liberty. How is that to be affected? Pray. Pray for the Holy Spirit to show us the mind of God for liberty. But even when we have moved from darkness into light, from death into life, it's an, it doesn't remain static. I can remember a, an appalling incident which I was involved back in the dark days of apartheid where in this town in which I was living there was a, a, a very important citizen he held a lot of high positions and everybody knew that he was a Christian and yet his actions were extremely racist and when challenged on this issue he said I have done what I was asked to do I have opened my heart to the Lord Jesus Christ and I've been born again I've opened my heart to the Holy Spirit and been filled with the Spirit my relationship with other races is not part of the deal astonishing the inability to see at that stage that his newness in Christ had a great deal to do with his attitude to other people. But the hopefulness of a situation like that is that the Holy Spirit wants to move us forward all the time into the likeness of Jesus. The things in my life which shouldn't be there and uh, others may shake their heads and say, how can he call himself a Christian when he thinks this or does that? And I'm unaware of it. But the Holy Spirit isn't. The Holy Spirit is changing us all the time into the image of Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28 is, 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 a, is a verse that challenges me. It says, let him who steals steal no more oh, good bit of advice very apt for our country let him who steals steal no more but let him work with his hands that's a good bit of advice too isn't it I think the, the thief ought to earn an honest living let him work with his hands in order that he might have to give to those who are in need the thief becomes the giver. The person whose whole life is motivated by obtaining for himself is now giving away with generous, with generous grace. It's a picture of our own lives. This is what we were. This is what God wants us to be and we are moving in that direction. I want to see new faces in liberty but I also want to know that I and others like me are being changed from one degree of glory into another and that this is the work of the Holy Spirit.
There is fruit too, that we may bear fruit. But that image of the, the thief who becomes the giver has an even deeper rever uh, reference. What is happening is not just a change in the thief. What is happening is a change in the social context around him. No longer is he to be feared. No longer do we have to lock our doors and bar our windows to keep him out. Because he isn't a thief anymore. The proclamation of the gospel needs to change the context in which it is preached. Is liberty making a difference to the social, economic and political life of the Hildeberg? Or are we contained only within ourselves? Paul is praying that this colossal congregation congregation is doing, bearing fruit in those three areas. People, individual people, members of the congregation are being changed. New people are being drawn in, out of death, into life. And the context of Colossae itself is undergoing a change. We need the Holy Spirit to know how to effect these things. Being strengthened, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience. Growing in the knowledge of God, that's what we've been talking about. Growing in the knowledge of God, it means just not just getting cleverer or reading theological tomes. It's, it's, it's about relationship. That as I draw nearer to Jesus, so the Spirit works within me to make me more like Jesus. And what is true of me is true of the congregation. Pray for liberty. That liberty may be able to reflect more and more the presence of the living God because we are growing together, together into the knowledge of God. Pray that for liberty. Pray for its impact on ourselves and on those around us. But that's not all. We're being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. Strengthened power, might. Is Paul trying to make a point? These are things which in human weakness we not, are not really able to do. But he's praying, please Lord, in, in our weakness, in, in the fact that we, we're regarded as marginal, we're regarded by some with contempt. These Christians in Colossae, a pagan town, that must have been the case. But he wants God to strengthen them with power and might so that you might have great endurance and patience. Stickability. The ability to, to keep going even when things are discouraging. And today, 
in this in the COVID situation, many people are finding them discouraging. Many people are finding that unemployment is discouraging. Many are finding that not being able to see other people as much as they might like to is discouraging. There is much to discourage in the Hildeberg at this time. But prayer is that we may be strengthened with power. Holy Spirit power within to endure, to be patient and to endure. To keep going. And however tough the situation may appear, to be found still moving forward at the end. And it is possible. It is what God wants. It is part of his will. That we, together, even though we don't see each other as often as we might, we together may hold each other to that highest of not abandoning God, not moving away, not giving up, but knowing that God is with us, God is empowering us, and that we are able to achieve what he's put us here to achieve. Knowing discouragement when we see it, but knowing that it is discouragement. And discouragement is, is, is a tool the devil uses. Please recognize that and set it aside in prayer. How, well, how much prayer affects so that you may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father. That's the antidote to discouragement. Joy and thankfulness. Individually, yes, but when we meet together in many groups and, and life groups, we're very glad to see each other, yes. Are we conscious of the presence of Jesus in those meetings? So that there is the opportunity to thank him for his presence, for all that he is doing, for answer to prayers, for a deeper awareness of what he wants of us. Are these things present? And is there joy? Oh yes, it sounds very often as though there's joy, but people are carrying in their hearts difficulties from work, difficulties in the family, difficulties in marriage, and it's difficult then to be to be joyful. But we're a fellowship. The Lord is working with us. And he's working with us together. And we need to see that vision more and more. We are not in isolation, or we should not be. For the, the coal in isolation loses its redness and becomes cold. We ought to be sharing with one another. We ought to be aware of the influence of the Holy Spirit on one another. Um, but you're meeting in groups. 
I'm asking, I really am begging you not to start dissipating the opportunity by talking about other things. I'm asking you to read this whole passage from verses 9 to 14 and prayerfully, with an awareness of the Spirit's presence, to say what touches you in it. Where you think God is giving you a new vision. Where you need the prayer of others for your involvement with liberty itself. Paul prayed for the church in Colossae. There are a number of us who pray very much, yes, for the people who make up liberty, but for liberty itself and its usefulness in the hand of God. Please remember our context. It's COVID. So we can't do many of the things we would like to do. It's the Hildeberg. It's nowhere else. It's here that we live and work. And your contexts are different. Your work is different. Your home is different. Your leisure pursuits are different. Where in all of that can the Spirit through you win other people for Christ and then be used by the Spirit to make them and ourselves more Christ-like? Father, please send your spirit onto every group of people meeting this evening, this morning, whatever it is. And please show us clearly what you want of us so that we may know your will, may experience the activity of your Holy Spirit. Grow into what you want us to be and do what you want us to do. Grant us, Lord, your strength and power to be a people who stick it out and who at the end will hear those words of acclamation, well done. Lord, that's what we want, to be able to hear you, to say to us, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen.